Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Now is everyone's favorite time in the annual meeting, the time for reports. And I will begin. Again, a very good morning and welcome to our 2018 annual meeting. It is good to see all of you this morning. I want to thank the wardens and the vestry and the staff and the altar and the flower guild and the hospitality committee and all those who worked so hard and changed their routines to make this Sunday possible. Whenever I have the privilege and the joy to worship with younger people, I try to remember to ask lots of questions. And being a liturgical and sacramental tradition, we do a lot of things in worship that merit a good question. Why do we do this? Why do we do that? What is that called? Why are you wearing a funny dress? Etc. Sometimes I don't know the right answer, but they always ask, they always spark a good conversation. A fruitful line of questions is always about the color of the hangings and the vestments. Why do we use this color and what does it mean? White is for celebration. Purple signifies repentance and the royalty of Jesus. Red is for the Holy Spirit. Blue is for Kentucky, etc. <laughs> but what about green? The color we use most often, like this Sunday. For years, the only answer I could come up with was that green was the ordinary color, the leftover color. The color that we use when nothing much special is going on. Then one Sunday I crossed paths with a young person much wiser than I, and I asked, what color are we using today? And they said, green. And I replied, why do we use green? And she declared, because this is the growing time. The growing time. Well, of course it is. Green is for spring. Green is for renewal. Green is that color that bursts forth like the dawn on Easter morning and declares that winter is over. Green is for growing. And as I pondered the last year in preparation for this morning, I kept coming back to that theme, that 2017 was a growing time. I'm so very thankful for so many folks who have made this a growing time. I am thankful for the Holy Spirit and the sincere spirit of welcome that enables this place to grow by almost 10% in the past year. With over 60 new members 
and 13 new brothers and sisters in Christ welcomed through the waters of baptism. Almost every time I meet with a visitor or a new family, they always remark how welcoming the chapel feels. And you should be proud of that because not every parish is welcoming. Trust me, I know. But there is a genuine and sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and for that I am thankful and I am proud. I'm thankful to Betty Ruth Fox and Dick Lawrence for leading our stewardship campaign last fall. Thanks to your generosity and their tenacious leadership, in 2018 we will enjoy the highest number of pledging units we have seen in over five years. An increase of 7% over 2017 and an increase in the total amount pledged of over $50,000. Many thanks to all of you for making this such a fruitful, growing time. I'm thankful to all the volunteers and the staff that have grown and enriched our many ministries and programs. Isabel, where's Isabel? Isabel's not here. Oh, oh no, okay. She does such a great job leading our Wednesday morning Bible study. Next time you see her, tell her thank you. She will be profoundly embarrassed and mad at me that I even mentioned it. <laughs> Michael Barker enables us to be God's hands in the world through his leadership on the Servant Ministry Committee. Mandy Pope and Lynn Thompson help us hold each other tight in times of tragedy through their tireless work on the Hospitality Committee. Nelwyn and Adair and Will help us to remember who is hurting through the powerful pastoral care committee. Let us not forget the growth we saw this year at day in the country. We have Kim and Cliff Payton to thank for that. Gabby has grown our youth program. Janet and our many catechists have grown our children's programs. Michael has enriched our music program. Will has done a great job with our young adults and with our chapel grill. Many thanks to all y'all. And I'm sure I have forgotten someone, probably many someones, and I apologize, but I cannot forget our vestry, who has worked so hard this year in leading a growing parish. I cannot thank enough John Woodward, our junior warden, and Bill Buner and David Cato, who led the effort this summer with our air conditioning. Uh, Fun. <laughs> um, and we'll hear more about that in a little bit, but they worked tireless, tirelessly um, and doggedly, and I am very grateful to the three of them. I cannot forget our building committee, who you will hear more from in a moment as well, who has accomplished so much in preparing for our new worship space. And I cannot forget the committee's leader, Amy Barker, who is practically on staff, considering how much detailed work she has done over the past year, guiding the building committee, serving as the liaison with our architects, and reporting back to the vestry. Plus, she has to put up with me. Amy, thank you, thank you, thank you. And last, but certainly not least, and she is probably not in the room, and again, she would be embarrassed and mad at me if I said anything, but I must thank Dana Tiffin. Dana, our parish administrator, when the going gets tough, Dana steps up to the plate. 
her work ethic is unmatched, her discipleship is unparalleled, and we are blessed by her ministry every day. Dana, thank you so much for being Dana. And of course, Dana being Dana is not probably in the room right now. So next time you see her, tell her thank you. This is a growing time at the Chapel of the Cross, and I am thankful to the Holy Spirit and to all of you. And as evidence, uh, a harvest, if you will, of this growing time, I want you to pray for technology and share a little uh, something of the past year. So after that moving slideshow that showed you (laughs) how much you love the chapel and all these great pictures of cute kids and everything, um, anyway... Yesterday, I attended an ordination at our cathedral downtown, and one of our own, Carrie Duncan, our former office manager, was one of the folks ordained to the sacred order of priests. And during his sermon, Brian, our bishop, talked about ligaments, an odd thing to talk about in a sermon, I know, but I am married to an anatomist, so stick with me. A ligament, according to my dictionary, is a band of tough tissue binding bones. And the root of the word ligament is the, here's a word you don't get to say in a sermon very often, proto-Indo-European root of league, L-E-I-G, which means to bind or to tie. This This word is the root of many English words, including ligament, but another is religion. We are bound together by being part of a religious community, namely the Chapel of the Cross. And together, we are growing. Together, this is a green and growing time. So may God bless us all, and may God continue to bless the Chapel of the Cross. Now it is time for the Junior Warden. So without further ado, here is John Woodward. <laughs> see what I can do. Uh, John Woodward, your junior warden. Um, let's see what my notes say. Uh, I have a team of junior wardens, and I'd like to thank them. Um, Brenda and Cheryl are my biggest help in the wilderness area, as they call it. Um, Cheryl is my biggest help in my... Uh, Direction of life, um, <laughs> now and hereafter. Uh, uh, David Cato and Bill Buner, who I couldn't do this job without. Um, I'd like to thank them and Dana as well. Uh, she is a huge help and keeps me on track. Uh, general, kind of, there's good stuff and bad stuff. It's like riding in a boat in the ocean. There's ups and downs and waves with the maintenance in the around the chapel, as everybody knows, with their own house. Um, this year we got the gator serviced and we put a hydraulic lift on it because us old folks are having a hard time dumping dirt um, and moving stuff around so that was fun. Uh, we've had the driveways dragged, we've had a giant limb in the cemetery removed, um, there's lights in the parking lot that are not working, there are some that are working. Um, we finally got energy to fix these out here, and the ones out there went out. So I apologize that it's dark. Um, energy is very slow. If anybody knows somebody at Intergy who could expedite the process, 
that's a, I like to talk to you after, because uh, <laughs> uh, that was uh, before Thanksgiving when those lights went out, and they're still out. Um, uh, there's lights around. You can tell some of the lights in here are out. Uh, those are kind of hard to get to. Um, there's, uh, I think there's one in the bathroom, in the choir room. Is that right? Okay, I have been up there, and I broke the light trying to get it out. So... <laughs> Uh, let's see, we've got, um, and as we do these lights, we're trying to switch to the LEDs so they'll last longer and burn less of our money, um, so those are good things. Uh, we've had the courtyard drains um, cleaned out. We've had other, in the choir room, they heard some gurgling the other day, and um, turned out we had a bunch of uh, grease clogged up in the lines, and so we've gotten that stuff cleaned out, um, thanks to the uh, Michael for hearing gurgling sounds. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see, we've got some new sprinkler heads, I think, in the uh, wilderness area that are helping to keep our plants alive. Um, let's see, we've got, we now have a campus-wide bug service. So every quarter they come and spray for bugs, so hopefully we will see less of those, um, which is a good thing. Um, let's see, we're, I'm still working on trying to get the boots on all the vents that are 20 years old and are leaking a little bit, um, trying to get those done. Uh, we've got some exposed wood that needs some paint. Uh, uh, there's still lights in the bathroom in here, uh, some spots on the ceiling. You know, it's just a never-ending battle. Um, and then there's the cleaning service. Um, we got quotes for a new cleaning service, and it was about twice what we are doing now. Um, so y'all help us keep everything clean. Uh, if you're in the kitchen, if you mess it up, you clean it up. I know I said that last year, uh, but uh, and we're still working on a solution for that. And if our budget allows, then we may find something better to keep this place the way we want it. Um, the uh, next up would be uh, the Deweese House is always our fun little project. Um, we've had a home inspector and a mold inspector. Uh, come and look at it, and there's a lot of little things and a few big things, so that'll be a topic that's going to come up this year, and we'll have to see what we can do with that, um, as well as everything else that's going on. Uh, the chapel, um, we had a little bit of work in there this year. Um, there's no squirrels and no skunks this year, so we're glad of that um, underneath. Um, we did redo the entire air conditioning. Um, we have a new floating floor in the sanctuary part, which will now be level so the priests don't fall out of their seat or while they're standing. Um, and I, had, I have some pictures. I don't know if you can. Oh, there we go. We have pictures. All right, that's kind of where we started. Um, that is Troy, our maintenance doctor fellow, who does a lot of the work for me around everywhere. These are the rafters, the original rafters, I believe, underneath that supported the floor. On that far end over there where they're standing, um, they went into the wall, but they had some termite damage and dropped off. So you could kind of stand on it and bounce like a diving board. Um, so those pretty much had to come out. So that's, uh, that's the way it looked, and I'll get into post online so that we can enjoy those.
have anything else? Do y'all have anything for me? Amy's making a list for me, so <laughs> you, can, you can talk to her. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's amazing. I mean, anytime we have anything that goes wrong or that leaks or that breaks or that squeaks, you know, we call John and he is here, sort of like magic. And we are so incredibly grateful for you and for all that you do. Thank you so very much. There you go. That's right. Uh, and now time for another uh, unsung hero, uh, our treasurer, Oscar Hartman. Well, Ben, you'll first be glad to know that I think the uh, Finance Committee will be glad to give you an increase in your technology budget. Thank you. And uh, so we're looking forward for great results next year. Wait, wait till next year. That's until I went to Mississippi State. Uh, okay, I'm just going to touch on two or three things quickly. And uh, one is probably, well, obviously, we're getting ready to hear a lot more about this next one, uh, dealing with the, the building. But uh, as of December 31st, 2017, we had $882,000 of cash uh, in the bank, in CDs, uh, through the capital campaign. Uh, that includes, uh, we had over a million dollars of contributions so far. We've spent, Amy might get into this, spent a couple hundred thousand dollars so far on uh, architects and, and other things, which she'll get into. But So the number we have right now is $882,000, which I think is a fabulous number. Uh, just a quick recap on day in the country. Kim, you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well then, listen closely. Uh, I'm, and I like to get big round numbers. So, uh, as of uh, December 31st, again, we had a little bit over ninety thousand dollars of proceeds, uh, which is the second largest. You came in second. That's good. Uh, I think that that is behind the 2016. And we are expecting, I'm sure, no pressure, but whoever is chairing the 2018, I'm expecting over 100. So no, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, expenditures were about 48,000. So the net uh, from day in the country was about $42,000, which uh, is fabulous. And as the normal custom, the vestry has agreed uh, to designate that $42,000 split 50-50, 50% going toward uh, historic preservation to pay what John just showed you. And uh, the other 50% is going to servant ministry. And again, that's that's been the custom for the last, as long as I can remember. Okay, financial results for 2017. Uh, the, the, the chapel incurred a deficit in 2017 of $44,000. Uh, we had budgeted a deficit of $26,000, and uh, it turned out to be $44,000. And I will give you the very, very highlights of where, where that number came from and how, how we uh, wound up with a $44,000 deficit. The biggest single factor in the deficit was lack of revenue. Uh, 
uh, we, uh, we all need to dig a little bit deeper in 18. Uh, pledge income was budgeted last year. 17 was budgeted for $590,000. We wound up collecting 529000 So we were $61,000 under pledge collections to budget. Non-pledge income, uh, which is basically income from those who do not pledge. And it would also include money if you did pledge, if you paid more than your pledge, the excess of what you paid over your pledge goes into non-pledge income. Uh, it was $180,000 budgeted. We received $165,000, so we were about $15,000 under non-pledge income. Total of pledge, non-pledge, and plate income was uh, budgeted at... Uh, I got these numbers backwards. It was budgeted at 784000 and uh, we received 709000 so we were $75,000 total under budget, which means we collected about 90% of what we had budgeted. So uh, keep that in mind when you write your checks in 2018. Um, and also during the year, we used $124,000 of what called designated or restricted funds. Uh, so if you give a check to the Flower Guild, that is considered a restricted fund, which means that we can only spend the money for the Flower Guild. Uh, and so we used $124,000 of those types of funds, the most, uh, the, the largest amount being, and I'm getting ready to give you these numbers, we spent $65,500 on historic preservation activities this year. I think you just had a pretty good idea of where most of that went. Money well spent, but uh, so we, we had $65,000 that we took out of those designated funds and applied it toward that project. And uh, let's see, the, some other large expenditures. The, the chapel in 2017 paid uh, $76,000 to the uh, to the diocese as part of our proportionate pledge. Uh, another one of the larger uh, distributions this year, or, or expenses, if you will, uh, servant ministry was able to uh, spend $32,000 toward their projects. And just overall in total, we spent about $311,000 on administrative activities. We spent right at $240,000 on clergy activities, $157,000 on facilities, again, the largest of that being set, uh, the $65,000 uh, that we spent for the historic preservation, and we spent $215,000 on uh, programs such as Flower Guild, Altar Guild, Servant Ministry. Uh, in total, we had uh, budgeted to spend $951,000 on these activities. We wound up spending $922,000. So uh, due to a lot of efforts on a lot of folks, we were under budget in expenditures by $20, $29,000. And uh, that's the overall recap. Uh, we do not yet have a 2018 budget to report. Uh, obviously, we've been fairly busy on trying to get some other things wrapped up. We will have a budget uh, by the February vestry meeting, 
and I guess that will be published. Uh, and yes. uh, and so that's that's the overall report. Any questions? Good. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Normally, normally at this point in the meeting, uh, we would be done with reports and we would go on uh, with our worship. But this year is extra special. Uh, this year we have a bonus report uh, from our building committee and uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, Amy Barker, who is awesome. And uh, I welcome her uh, to this annual meeting. I am so excited to be here today and report really significant progress on our building project. Two years ago, we were finishing up our feasibility study and our capital campaign visits. That May, many of you probably attended the outdoor Pentecost service, and there's a really great visual on the PowerPoint of Ben sliding down the bouncy slide in his vestments. And I'm, I think this is all a plan because he didn't want to, to bring that memory to life. But that May, at our outdoor Pentecost service, we announced that we had just over $1.5 million in pledges towards our capital campaign. And you may remember all the, the children standing up with their signs with that $1.5 million number. And we were really excited about that. By this time last year, our pledges had increased to just over $3.4 million. The vestry approved a scope, a construction budget, and a timeline. And of course, we all started making contributions towards our capital campaign commitments. In just the short time since then, we've collected over a million dollars, like Oscar mentioned. And we're actually ahead of where we anticipated being. I'd like to take a minute and say thank you. And of course, remind you, if you have not yet pledged towards the capital campaign, it's not too late. Um, we really do want this to be a project that everybody feels a part of and that everybody has the opportunity to contribute to. So if you would like to pledge, please see myself or Ben or Molly after the meeting. But despite the fact, oh, we're catching up. There's the slide. I told you it was great. I wish I could have put it in there with, uh, with the sound effects so you could hear Ben going woo as he went down the bouncy slide. OK. So despite the fact that I am usually asking for something when I stand up here in front of you, uh, today I'm not actually here to talk about the capital campaign. I'm here to talk about the building progress itself. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the process, there are three key phases to the building project. There's schematic design, design and development, and construction documents. At each phase throughout this process, we get a little more detailed, we refine the scope, and I am beyond excited to let you know that those three phases are now complete. We're ready to send the project out to receive bids. The Vestry has chosen an approved bidders list. And the building committee is actively reviewing the completed construction documents. So this is a major, major accomplishment in the last year. So what are the key elements of the plans? You want to bump it ahead real quick. All right, so for those of you who had the opportunity 
to review the initial concepts during the feasibility study, either in focus groups that we held here or in the one-on-one -on -one meetings that we had, you'll find that there are many similarities. Um, you told us that your primary goal was to create a building that was consistent with a beautiful country Gothic architecture of our current chapel. We want to preserve the feel of our holy and historic campus while still giving us room to grow. The design, while unique to the larger scale of the building, has several elements that are still reflective of the chapel. The renderings that you see right now at the front of the room are the same ones that we presented as part of the feasibility study. Um, of course, there have been minor modifications, but the general look and feel that you saw then should remain consistent. So what's changed since the early design phases? Most notably, we refined the scope. And Molly, if you can pull up our other um, uh, board there. I was very, uh, I was an overachiever with my visual aids here. So bear with me. Okay, thank you. So most notably, we changed the scope. Um, as you might recall, we presented a master plan for our campus that included a new sanctuary um, and then new flower guild and sacristy rooms, new restrooms, columbaria, and a bell tower. And I think you can see that. Um, I think you can see that down on that and in one of our one of our pictures, maybe the one that was turned around. Um, the estimated cost for this entire plan was just over nine million dollars for all of those components. And while those elements are still a part of the long-term master plan, we've refined the scope for our current building project to include the worship space, the additional restrooms, and possibly one additional building. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that here in just a second. The revised construction cost for this scope would fall between $3.9 and $4.5 million, depending on the results of the bidding process. Next, we hope to be able to add that second building that I just mentioned. All right, so when we first reviewed the plans, this small building that's to the south, if you recall, that was, that was the updated Flower Guild space. Um, now we've expanded that building, and the primary feature on the next slide is a children's chapel. If you want to hit that button one more time, Ben. So that's, that's a children's chapel space that so many of you said that you wanted to include. There are also three restrooms in this space. There's a men's room, a ladies' room, and a family restroom that would be close and very easily accessible from the worship space. Included in the building, there's a small room that would serve as an interim sacristy until the larger one that's in the master plan is built. And there's also a janitor's closet. The children's chapel will be connected via covered walkway to the sanctuary to keep our little ones dry as they come back to join us uh, in worship. The flower, guild at the, in the flower Guild space remains in its current location connected to the new building via sidewalk, and there will be added storage in the sanctuary to hold some of the more commonly used Flower Guild tools. Now, right now, this plan that you're looking at and that's on the new boards that, that we uncovered, that's being bid as an alternate option. That way, if the bidding comes in higher than expected, the vestry will still have the option to move forward with the, the core worship space 
and the original renovations to the restrooms that we had talked about. But we really believe in the vestry and in the building committee that this new space goes a long way in meeting the needs of this parish. So it's our desire to try to make this happen. Finally, we've also made a few modifications in terms of things that have changed. We've made a few modifications to the materials in order to remain within our budget. So for example, you, we, we don't plan to finish the balcony yet. We currently don't have that balcony space designated as something. And so we can finish that at a later point in time. And it doesn't change the aesthetics of the room or doesn't change the functionality for what we need today. A second example of materials changes that we made is that we'll begin with stained concrete floors and at a later time we'll be able to upgrade those floors. So a few small changes such as those, such as those have helped us free up funds for the added functionality that we really wanted to include with the Children's Chapel building, but it still preserves the beauty and the integrity of the plans. I know there have been a lot of thank yous, but I would also like to say thank you to a number of people who have helped us get to this point. Of course, the biggest thanks goes to each and every person who is sitting in this room today. Several years ago, we were in annual meeting, and you all made it very clear that adding space for our growing chapel community was a priority. Your input and your contributions have helped us get to where we are today. I'd like to thank the building committee as we've moved through the design phases, there have been a number, a large number, of decisions that have needed to be made. The members of the building committee have not only meticulously reviewed the plans at each stage of the process, they've made recommendations to the vestry on each decision that needed to be made along the way. To help in those recommendations, the committee has repeatedly reviewed feedback from the 2016 Building and Design Input Committee that was made up of Sloan McKellar, Debbie and Randy Lominick, Jan Smith, Susie Pooley, and Carrie and Jill Pennebaker. The building committee also received all the input that was given via the 237 comments that were given to the visitors during capital campaign and home visits. We also reviewed the comments given in the focus groups and the questionnaires co collected by J.D. Clote and Associates as part of the feasibility study. So although their work is not yet done, I'd still like to give a very big in-progress thank you to each and every member of the building committee. Shirley Abney, Katie Bro, David Cato, Russ and Julie Markle, Whit Rayner, Ben Robertson, Cheryl Welsh, Bob Williams, and John Woodward. And of course, I'd like to thank all of the people who have been involved in each step of the way. I won't, don't worry. Um, but our architects at Barlow, Eddie Jenkins, Chuck Barlow, and Brian Kabunak, all of the stakeholders and subject matter experts who have been consulting with the building committee throughout this process on matters of function. And here's where there really are too many people to name right here, but it ranges from Michael and the choir and all of their input on music to folks like John Woodward and Bill Buner who have consulted on all manner of functionality at the chapel and on the grounds. Um, it's truly amazing. Um, additionally, John and Bill, along with Ben, will be our action committee who can be on site as needed during construction and be able to make those time-sensitive decisions that impact the project moving forward. Again, 
there are really far too many people to name, so please forgive me if I, if I didn't call you out, but just know that I am so very thankful for the input from each of you. So what's next? This is what everybody's been waiting on. We anticipate beginning the bidding process by March 1st. From that point, contractors will have 30 days to submit their bids, and then the vestry will have 45 days to respond. So with that timeline, groundbreaking could begin as early as mid-May. Although our initial target to worship in the new space by Easter 2019 is probably going to be a little tight, Pentecost is right around the corner, so I'm just saying there might be another possibility there. A couple of reminders. If you have questions about the project or would like more detail than what we can do in the middle of a meeting like this, please contact me. My contact information is up there. I'm real easy to find. You can also ask a member of the vestry or a member of the building committee uh, because they've all heard way more about this than probably anybody ever needs to. Um, so uh, please contact us if you do have questions. Also, once construction begins, it's very important that we all stay out of the building site. It will be fenced off, so um, we, we just need to stay out. Curiosity killed the cat, and although we do have an abundance of cats here at the chapel, <laughs> safety is most important. So please, please, please do not go into the building area. Once again, I am so unbelievably excited to be at this point in our journey. I would like to close this report with the capital campaign prayer that was developed by the Spiritual Emphasis Committee. These words are important, I think, today more than ever before. And so as we take the next step with our growth, please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for the many blessings of this life, especially for the Chapel of the Cross, those who came before us, and those who will follow. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts, inspire our dreams, and give us courage to answer your call to us. Lord Jesus, give us a spirit of wisdom, generosity, and perseverance as we step out in faith. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you.